0: I'm World Cup champion Megan Klingenberg. Wondering who you should root for at the FIFA Women's World Cup? I'm hosting a new podcast, My New Favorite, Fubalista, where I will introduce you to soccer's brightest stars and the causes they are championing. From the 22-year-old American phenom speaking out about student-athlete mental health, I try to just, like, approach everything with, like, you don't know what someone's going through, to the U.S. defender who travels to tournaments with her young son. Am I ever going to be able to run for five minutes straight? Check out my new favorite, fútbolista wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Edit audio. Five, draws the double. Lady to the corner. Anders Lund. No! And that is it! An unforgettable finish to game four. A resilient conclusion to a season for the Las Vegas Aces. This is Rebound Revolution, a not-so-basketball podcast bringing you the revolutionary on and off the court happening in the WNBA. From queer baddies, to history, to ones to watch, join me, Money, as we get into it all. This has been an epic and historic playoff season, and I will get to talking about the WNBA champs in a second, but before I do, we are champions. That's right. Rebound Revolution won two Signal Awards, y'all, Listener's Choice and Silver for Best LGBT General Podcast. We really can't thank y'all enough for voting for us. Listening and cheering us on to being winners in our very first season. Y'all got me feeling like Cheryl Swoops. <laughs> I could talk about so much for so long, recapping this WNBA final season. So I want to say upfront. For all of you who have now become super fans of the WNBA since listening to Rebound Revolution, that this is not an exhaustive recap of the 2023 playoff season, okay? These are just a few highlights and some (laughs) lowlights that caught my attention. So I want to share them with y'all. First off, There were so many announcements made this WNBA final season. Oh my goodness. The league is growing and that is clear. This finals was the most watched finals in 20 years, peaking at 1.2 million viewers for game four. The WNBA Instagram hit 2 million followers and the commissioner announced a new team based in the Bay Area that will tip off in 2025. Now, I really thought it was going to be Toronto or Philadelphia or even Portland. Shout out to Jenny at the sports bra. But the Bay, it is, I guess. They really faked us who live up here in Winterfell out. The North will remember this, W, okay? The all WNBA first and second teams were announced. And the end of the season awards were given out. And my goodness, did Stewie winning MVP cause a kerfuffle? I don't know if people were tweeting more about Stewie winning MVP or Asia not winning. (laughs) The vote breakdown. Alyssa Thomas making a campaign. It was noise, okay? (laughs) This was also the first time in league history that two former players faced off as head coaches. Sandy Brondello, leading the Liberty, my favorite Australian, (laughs) and Becky Hammond, leading the Aces, my favorite undrafted player of all time, who, back in the day, played for the Liberty. So the Liberty were well-represented in these finals. And speaking of the Liberty, even though we didn't bring home the championship to New York... For the first time since 1999, we won a WNBA finals game. (laughs) And Lil' Kim performed at that game, at the halftime show. Lil' Kim, (laughs) y'all. The last time we won a finals game was in 1999. And I encourage y'all to go Google the shot by Teresa Teresa Weatherspoon. It is just such an electrifying and iconic basketball moment in history. Oh my gosh, more on Teaspoon in a bit, but just know that that was the last time the Liberty won a game in the WNBA Finals. Courtney Vandersloot also moved up to third in league history for all-time assist leaders and with this win the aces became the third team in wnba history to win back-to-back championships joining the la sparks and the houston comets this win also made candace parker the only player in the wnba to win championships with three different teams now i'm sure there are so many more record-breaking things that happen in these playoffs But, you know, this is a new fan-friendly podcast. So, I'm going to leave the stats and other stuff to somebody else. Want to sound like you in the know when it comes to the W? I got you. This is Fundamentals, where I'll give you a rundown of something to make you look like you're the expert in the room. This week's fundamentals, we're talking about sweeps. A sweep, which is just a shorter and swaggier way of saying a clean sweep, is when a team beats an opposing team in a series by winning every game in that series. So in round one of the playoffs, the Las Vegas Aces swept Chicago, winning the series 2-0. Dallas also had a sweep in the first round versus Atlanta. The New York Liberty also came through with a sweep in the first round, too, defeating the Mystics. The second round saw yet another sweep by Vegas over Dallas. Now, while there were a lot of sweeps in this playoff season, y'all do not get it confused. Sweeps are not easy. This is the playoffs. That means you're playing against the best of the best. It's also a series. So that means you are playing the same team multiple times in a week, giving them plenty of opportunities to spot weaknesses and adjust so they can beat you next time. So if you happen to get swept, it's kind of (laughs) heartbreaking. And if you sweep a team... It's a chance to celebrate. Oh, and the fans of the winning team will be sure to add to that heartbreak with all of the broom emojis and sweeping puns. The New York Liberty were already getting roasted online after losing game four and allowing Las Vegas (laughs) to snatch a back-to-back championship. But I can't imagine how many Photoshop's of Asia Wilson with a broom we would have seen had they actually swept New York. So next playoff season, you'll be ready with your broom emoji just in case the Aces get a 3-0 win for that sweep. There are a lot of dope players in the W, but not everyone gets their flowers. And I want to make sure they do. So, I'm gonna shout out a player who everyone should know in a little segment called <laughs> Money's MVP. Today, my MVP is Teresa Weatherspoon, also known as Teaspoon, also known as Spoon. <laughs> I first have to say that I love Teaspoon, so this is an opportunity for me to gush over her, but the primary reason why I made Teaspoon my MVP today is because she was named head coach of the Chicago Sky. That's right. Next year, Teresa Weatherspoon will be the head coach of championship winning Chicago Sky with Kalia Copper as their franchise player, betting it all on Kai. (laughs) Now, I want to tell y'all a little bit about Teaspoon, because I think if you just look really quick online, you'll see a lot of excitement about her being named head coach of the Chicago Sky, and I want to tell y'all why that is. First of all, there's always a lot of hype when It's a player coach named head coach. So that's a player who used to play in the W, who is now coaching in the W. We see it with Sandy Brondello. We see it with Becky Hammond. And now we get to see it with Teaspoon. So y'all, Teaspoon has been a legend for just about as long as the league has been around. (laughs) She played college basketball at Louisiana Tech, where she led them for four straight finals appearances while she was there. And in her senior season, they won the NCAA National Championship. And it was only the second one in the school's history. So that that already kind of stamped her as a legend. She went on, though, to play in the 1988 Olympics, winning the gold in Seoul, South Korea. Y'all, this was before there was even a WNBA. <laughs> So she's already a basketball gold medalist before the WNBA even starts as a league. She spent a few seasons overseas, and then in 1997, when the WNBA kicked off, she was selected 10th overall in the first ever WNBA draft. And she led the league in assists for the first year and was also named Defensive Player of the Year the first two years of the league in 1997 and 1998, okay? So you did not want to be playing against Teaspoon (laughs) in them early years. She was giving the comments a run for their money, okay? She was a five-time WNBA All-Star back-to-back from 1999 to 2003, She led the New York Liberty to the WNBA Finals. Also, shout out to Sue Wicks, who we interviewed on this podcast, who played along with Teresa Retherspoon in those early years of the Liberty. And this really kind of like solidified her status as like a great in the W, not just in, you know, basketball overseas or in the Olympics. One of my earliest memories of the WNBA is watching Teaspoon play in a game versus the Washington Mystics. So something that I felt was so special about her is she wasn't as tall as the other players, but she was so captivating. Like you couldn't take your eyes off of her. And... Everybody wanted the Allen Iverson braids, you know, the fishbone braids. Let's talk about the Teaspoon braids, okay? She always had a different design, these zigzags. There was never any straight back braids with Teaspoon, and I loved that. She played uh, for the LA Sparks for a little while, but y'all, I'm from New York. We don't recognize that. She's a Liberty legend, (laughs) She was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2010, and in 2011, she was voted by fans as one of the top 15 players in WNBA history. That's right. We talking goat stuff. <laughs> in 2019, she was hired by the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, the NBA team, as a player development coach. She stayed with them. Until this year, where she was announced the head coach of the Chicago Sky. I watched her head coach press conference, and I'm just so excited to see her coach, because Kalia kept talking about how much energy and electricity she's going to bring to the team. And uh, in Teaspoon's own words, she said that she is in Chicago to serve it up. So, we ready. We <laughs> ready. I miss those days of the championship gear for Chicago, and I can't wait to see what Teresa Weatherspoon brings us next season. Welcome to Out of Bounds, where I bring you a little something extra from the recent WNBA news. We'll get into game recaps, some light gossip, like which exes are playing against each other, iconic style moments, And so much more. One thing we know about the W is that the players be playing as much off the court as they do on the court. So thankfully, we always have some new moments and gossip to bring you. We have a lot to talk about in this out-of-bounds segment. But what I really want y'all to know is that post these WNBA playoffs, it got real spicy. Okay? (laughs) So... First, I think one of the early spicy moments that if you were watching Game 4, you probably got a glimpse into, is Sid Colson of the Las Vegas Aces versus everybody, okay? (laughs) From the moment the Aces won to right now as I record this, Sid has been firing back at everybody, from Sabrina Ionescu to Sabrina Ionescu's fans. To her very own teammate, Asia Wilson, (laughs) in a way that only someone as funny and quick as Sid could fire back. So clapping back at Sabrina, who at this point, I think we have to own that Sabrina Yonescu celebrates a little too soon (laughs) in games. So Sid hit the Liberty with the night-night heard round the world. (laughs) It set Twitter ablaze. I think at this point, I've read like three think pieces on this night night alone. (laughs) She's been clowning fans on the Internet who make fun of her for only having two points in game four. And, you know, Sid is doing a great job defending herself. But I would just like to add that without Sid's two points, the Aces would have lost that game and we would have gone to a game five. Okay, so put some respect on those two points. (laughs) She's been so funny on social media clapping back that W Slam actually named Sid the People's Champ, and I love that graphic that W Slam did of Sydney because she's hilarious but also very fine <laughs> after all of this buzz, I really think her goal of becoming the face of the league might not be just pure comedy now. she might be onto something. another moment that set twitter a blaze, but for very different reasons, was the Phoenix Mercury announcing their new head coach. Now, unlike the announcement of Teaspoon as head coach of the Chicago Sky, the announcement of new head coach for the Phoenix Mercury was met with boos and criticism, y'all. Tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. (laughs) Tomatoes. This championship-winning franchise hired Nate Tibbetts as their new head coach. And honestly, I should have put my resume in that application pool because he and I have the same amount of coaching experience in women's basketball. (laughs) Zero. (laughs) In his new hire press conference, he even said that he looked forward to learning from the players as to how the game and the league works. Sir, what... (laughs) Two of my favorite women basketball personalities, uh, Sabria Whitaker and at Natalie Esquire on Twitter, hopped on a brother from another panel on YouTube to talk about Nate Tibbetts hiring. And this whole panel was amazing, but something Sabria said has stuck with me ever since watching it. Men are hired based on their potential and women are hired based on their accomplishment. I could not agree more. Not only did the team hire Tibbetts, who has no women's basketball coaching experience, but they also paid him a salary that will make him the highest paid WNBA coach in the league. Outrageous, (laughs) y'all. How is this man, who has no experience outside of being a hashtag girl dad (laughs) with women's basketball, making more money, Then back-to-back winning championship head coach Becky Hammond. Uh, Only a man, only a man, I tell you. (sighs) And in other disappointing league news, I was really crushed in all seriousness to see that the WNBA put out a statement that did not stand in solidarity with Palestine or condemn genocide right now. I have talked a lot on this podcast about how the league is often on the right side of justice issues. And this was a moment where they just weren't. Instead, the statement that they put out aligned with United States talking points on Palestine, erasing what is so clearly a one sided attempt by one nation to erase the indigenous people and culture of another nation. I think a common thing people say about Palestine is that it's a quote-unquote complicated issue. But for me, it seems pretty simple. People of any ethnic, religious, or racial background should not have their hospitals, schools, homes, and communities bombed into oblivion. For me, y'all, it's free Palestine forever, okay? I actually commented on the League statement because I was so upset. Like, I couldn't believe that they put this statement out. So I commented on it on IG, and I had, for maybe the first time ever, a really educational back and forth with a white guy in the comments. (laughs) He explained to me some funding sources for the league and specifically for my team, the Indiana Fever and why the league might be taking the side of genocide right now. (laughs) So shout out to that dude for not being a troll and for actually explaining to me like these funding sources and why the league may have been pressured to put out this statement. And what other way to end a finals recap than with Asia Wilson herself? Now, one day I have to do a full orange carpet segment for finals MVP and all the things baby goat, uh, future goat of goats, Aja Wilson. (laughs) But I just have to say, like, these parade shirts are undefeated. Her style is just incredible in general. But right now, I just really have to talk about these custom championship parade shirts so for the past two years, Asia Wilson has worn these custom shirts. First, Asia, we need to know who's making these shirts <laughs> because the turnaround time is so quick on these shirts. I mean, from tweet to t-shirt, is so quick. I don't understand who's creating these. <laughs> Last year, we saw the Four Shots Countdown shirt from Asia. And this year, she gave us the MV Period shirt. And the back-to-back shirt. My personal favorite was the back-to-back shirt. The picture on the front of the shirt referenced the cover of Drake's diss track, Back to Back. You know, that kind of like little blurry uh, uh, picture of you doing something epic. (laughs) But instead of the cover from Drake's track, it was a picture of her in front of three very disappointed Liberty players. (laughs) And on the back, Asia had the number of votes she got in the MVP voting season, including the highly criticized one vote for fourth place. (laughs) So just like letting you know right there on the shirt that you can keep downvoting me. I will end up being the finals MVP anyway. (laughs) So shout out to Asia and her championship custom parade shirts. So those were my highs and not-so-highs from this year's WNBA playoff season. Let me know if I left out some of your fave or not-so-fave moments from this playoff season. And I really can't wait to see what kind of hype this buzz brings to tip off next season. Rebound Revolution is an Edit Audio original podcast created in collaboration with The Cube. I'm your host, Money MacEachern, and this episode was produced by Melissa Houghton, Mick Finnegan, and me. It was edited, mixed, and mastered by Mick Finnegan. Our supervising producer is Anna Deshawn. Our executive producer is Steph Colburn. Thank you to Kathleen Speckert and the whole Edit Audio team.